Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's my great pleasure to welcome today's program, Jim Davis, who's the VP of Optimization Solutions at Mercurygate. And today we're going to talk about TMS optimization, transforming or transitioning from a nice-to-have to a must-have. Now, you know, the word optimization is ubiquitous in the supply chain logistics industry. You know, we all talk about how we have to, you know, optimize our operations. Uh, but in practice, uh, you know, very few companies, relatively few companies are using, you know, optimization, you know, technology. Um, you know, in the past, a lot of companies believe that, uh, you know, they didn't need optimization. But is that true today? Um, you know, what factors are, you know, causing this transition in terms of making transportation optimization uh, not be a nice to have, but truly be a must have? And, you know, how are companies leveraging optimization, optimi you know, transportation optimization to, you know, improve their operations and to deliver business value? Well, those are some of the questions we're going to discuss in today's episode. And it's great to have Jim back in the program to kind of share his insights and perspective on this topic. So, uh, Jim, welcome back. Hey, thank you, Grant. Glad to be back. So, uh, Jim, you know, like I said in, in my comments right now, you know, historically for a lot of companies, you know, I know when I talked to him about TMS implementations, uh, you know, TMS optimization was usually something that, that was kind of a phase two project, right? So they would focus first on the execution side of things, maybe a you know, tendering, routing guide, you know, track and trace and so forth. And, you know, they will get to optimization in, in, in phase two um, because they viewed it as, you know, either it wasn't an immediate priority or it was just a nice to have. And, and the reality was they never really got to implement, you know, uh, you know, the optimization piece. I mean, what's changed today? I mean, you know, are you seeing companies now prioritize optimization? And, and if so, what, you know, what's driving this kind of change in perspective in terms of the importance of optimization? Sure. So, so, you know, as you would expect, companies whose transportation, whose where transportation is not their core competency, they they produce goods or whatever. Um, you know, they really have to have market pressures, um, either on the cost side or the sales side, revenue side, um, to pressure them into focusing on the cost side, which one of those costs is transportation. So, you know, those can be many many variables. There's you know, we could spend hours talking about this, but some of the, the basic ones are, you know, capacity within the market. So um, there's there has been some relaxation in capacity, but uh, it still remains a relatively tight market. Um, next would be like um, supply chain efficiency. So, you know, a, an efficient supply chain is great, but when it breaks, it really breaks, right? So, because, <laughs> you know, if you run out of, if it breaks down, you run out of things really quickly because of faster turns and so forth. Um, the next would be like um, consumer empowerment. So with the online retailers, for example, you know, you have a user, if he wants to receive something next day, well, there's huge cost implications to, you know, back in from that all the way from the warehouse and transportation. And it limits um, the possible scenarios that you can apply, right? So you're applying more constraints to the overall solve or the overall supply chain. Um, so basically with those variables, supply chain optimization or transportation optimization facilitates the ability to react and exist within those environments. Yeah, and no, I think those are, I hear the same thing from a lot of the, the companies. I see a lot of this, the same things. I mean, you know, one of the common threads I hear is, hey, you know, we're now forced to make smarter decisions faster. And, Absolutely. you know, we, we, we might have been able to get away in the past with spreadsheets and spending maybe two or three hours trying to figure something out or, you know, just throwing a bunch of labor at the, at the, at the situation. But, 
you know, the, the time windows now are much more compressed in order to make sure that you, you're doing things the right way. Uh, you mentioned, you know, customer requirements or things like e-commerce and all that. I mean, you know, in the past couple of years, we've seen what, what's happened with a lot of companies with on time in full, where all, all of a sudden now, if they're not able to meet these on time in full requirements, um, you know, they're getting penalized or maybe even losing, you know, mm -hmm. losing the business. Sure. And I think you and I, as consumers, you know, we've become spoiled because of, you know, Amazon and all that. We expect to see visibility. We expect to have things, you know, uh, you, you know, same day and free, you know. Yeah, and exactly. We all, we, we all know transportation isn't free. So somehow you, right. ha you have to be able to, you know, manage your operation uh, intelligently to, you know, minimize that, that cost impact. Um, so speaking of cost, I mean, I know when I talked to a lot of companies in the past around optimization, and whether they're going to implement it or not, you know, the kind of the two things that always came up at the top are kind of cost and complexity, you know, as, as the two main reasons why they, they passed on implementing it, uh, at least in, in phase one. I mean, some of the things I would hear is like, uh, you know, I think you need to have like a PhD in mathematics in order to be able to, you know, use optimization, you know, sure. it's kind of the, the common perception out there. Mm -hmm. I mean, our, our optimization solutions today, you know, still, I mean, were they ever that difficult to use? Are they still that difficult to use today? And, and is it really cost prohibitive? Right. So I think if, if, if you make the decision, hey, I'm going to build my own optimization solution, well, you should probably start searching for some, some PhDs to help you write the algorithms. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, there's lots of commercial applications out there now, um, and they really have um, taken the perspective from where you have a, a super complex um, um, optimization solve and and patched it in a way that it's easy for a, a you know a savvy business user to leverage those tools um, I, you know it's it's not a problem anymore um, and things are done in user interfaces people aren't having to write code anymore to, to um, modify logic of an out, of an of an optimizer at, at mercury gate so in terms of dealing with with the cost of implementation. So there's the, the one piece where, you know, the solutions have gotten better, um, much more user friendly. Um, but then also people have over time over the last 10 years, you know, really started to establish best practice models for doing like pull distribution or multi-stop truckload and so forth. At Mercury Gate, we introduced uh, late last year a concept called Mojo to Go, which is effectively a library of best, best practice models, online training, and basically a full documentation of how to do things. Um, so that's one of the approaches that are used. Control yeah, the you cost know, you, of implementation. Yeah, no, great, great, great examples there. And I, and I think, you know, the user interface, I think, has been huge because you're, you're right. I mean, I think in the early days of optimization, you really had that one person, that, in, that one individual within the organization who, you know, whenever you needed to change a constraint or you want to, you know, or wanted to try something different, you had to really go into the code and, you know, write some math, if you will, or whatever to kind of set, you know, set it up or really understand what you were doing. You know, so that you wouldn't, you, know, you wouldn't end up in the situation where you had, you know, garbage in, garbage out because the optimization yeah. wasn't really you know, accurately modeling what you were trying to do. Um, and, and I think you fast forward today, and I think a lot of that heavy lifting is done by folks like you in, in terms mm -hmm. of, you know, the, the developers, if you will, the technology companies that put all that heavy lifting in the background. And almost like I make the, the comparison, even just like with me with uh, talking logistics, right? I, I built that website. I've got like zero IT capabilities. <laughs> but, you know, WordPress makes it so easy with widgets and things like that to, sure. you know, configure everything else. I mean, that's a very simplistic example. But I think from a user interface standpoint, I mean, optimization engines have adopted similar kind of philosophies where, 
you know, a business user can come in and really, um, you know, do what they need to do without having to really know what's going on in, you know, the, the guts of the engine, if you will, um, because it's been designed in such a way that, uh, you know, enables them, uh, you know, to, you know, to do that. And to your point, I think there's a lot of uh, off the shelf, if you will, um, uh, you know, widgets or predefined uh, uh, modules that people can use that, that already been, you know, tested and foolproof, if you will, to, to you know, to implement. Um, so, so let's talk. So, so let's talk now about the different types of, of transportation optimization because, you know, it's a fairly broad, you know, category and there's different, you know, types of it. I mean, can you share, you know, some examples and, and uh, you know, the types of TMS implementation and, and, and kind of what are some of the benefits that they, uh, that they provide? Sure. Well, you know, my focus is generally on the on the most complex of the complex. Um, we pretty much have the, the simple... Um, simple consolidation, multi-stop truckload, those types of things. Those things, those problems have been solved for for many years. Um, what what has changed is is like we talked about with the, um, um, the supply chains becoming more efficient and also more complex. Um, we've had to move into other areas. So some of the ones that you know are the most interesting to me are the continuous optimization within a multi-tier. Um, pull or cross dock network. So those are like, um, as things come into the supply chain or come into a pull, um, or a pull network, as time passes, um, the whole picture, inventory picture changes and where things are. So it gives you opportunities to dynamically adjust um, your optimization solve as time progressive um, and, and still in a batch process, but in, in, in predictable intervals. Um, so those, that particularly I think has tremendous potential for the industry and, and within my product that I support. Another one is um, zone skipping. So with, um, with the, you know, with more and more of the Amazons and, and people like that, the online retailers, you know, parcels getting shipped more and more. So in order to shift some of the costs, because, you know, effectively with parcel, if you're in New Jersey and you're shipping to Southern California, you know, it's a, not a great zone combination there. So, you know, the ability to shift things over to a, to a service center in Southern California and ship within your same zone, if you have the volume to scale and make that line haul distribution um, cost effective for you, those are, are huge benefits that, that uh, many customers are seeing um, as a result of optimization. Another one for the manufacturers, so um, doing coast-to-coast -coast intermodal transfers using um, rail schedules, that's, that's another one, you know, because in general, you know, you can save quite a bit doing intermodal consolidation and deconsolidation. So those are the ones that I think have been most impactful over the last couple of years. No, those are, those are great, great examples. And I mean, I think they, they illustrate the fact that, you know, uh, you, you know, the, the types of modes that companies are using today are much more diverse and with, particularly with parcel now becoming a, a greater part of the mix for, for mm -hmm. a lot of companies, whether they're drop shipping or they're doing the direct to consumer or, um, you know, that, 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 that's become, I mean, I know years ago when I first started doing TMS uh, research, you know, 20 years ago, uh, parcel wasn't even a blip on any, you know, most companies sure. radar, right? It was mostly truckload and, and less like truckload, but now you're seeing, you know, parcel, you see in rail, you see uh, intermodal, uh, you're seeing so many different, uh, you know, modes and, and the possible combinations of where you, you uh, of how you can flow product or combine orders 
is really uh, beyond the scope of what someone can do in their head or within a you know a spreadsheet sure. in, in terms of doing it in a, in a realistic time frame or do it you know pretty pretty effectively. Um, yeah. You know, so when it comes down to, I mean, you, you talked a little bit about, um, you know, the basic b blocking and tackling capabilities of, of optimization, which I've been around for a long time. If you said, hey, you know, let's take these LTL orders and combine them into a truckload order. And now you're saving money there by, you know, uh, uh, you know, simplifying that and, and shifting the mode, if you will. Um, so but more broadly, I mean, I guess when it comes to, uh, you know, selecting an optimization solution, I mean, what are some of the capabilities or attributes that the company should look for? you know, when it comes to, you know, evaluating and selecting one? Mm -hmm. So what I always recommend is, is buy the solution for who you want to be, not necessarily who you are. So um, that, that's kind of the first thing. So, you know, the guy today that's, you know, ships paint, right? And, you know, that, you know, his, his, the view of himself may change over time. So make sure that, you know, he looks at the functionalities that are available and, and, and look at a picture of a software that can support ultimately who they want to be or, or who they could potentially become or want to become. Um, next, that's really important is the ability to do what if analysis. So not just pure execution optimization, but actually to be able to take historical or, um, predicted or perceived um, data and do analysis on it that will help you make decisions for your future supply chain, right? That's really important. And then the next one, and this one is often overlooked, is the ability for a solution that facilitates automation, right? So yeah, it's great if you can build an optimization plan, right? But if you have to go in and key it manually in the system every single time, or you have to click a button and, and you know, um, Jane Doe has to be there to, to press play every day to make um, the solution run. Th those aren't optimal, right? So really something that allows you to just run either automatically or based off some business event or based off of the schedule. Those are, those are the optimal solutions for, for optimization, not only just the, the actual core functionality, which we talked about, um, you know, previously. You know, the, the what if one, I think is particularly important. I mean, I think I see more and more of that today, you know, and, and that to me falls under the umbrella of, you know, risk management, right? I mean, there's, and there's so much uh, going on in the transportation industry, you know, today, whether it's, you know, what if rates go up? What if, um, you know, there's a strike? What if, you know, now you want to flow product, you know, in a different way? And to be able to model that and understand ahead of time, you know, what the service implications are, what the cost implications are, what that might look like. Um, you know, what I, what I always tell folks, you know, companies that are the most prepared are those, you know, whenever any kind of disruption occurs or any kind of change occurs, are those that have performed these types of what-if analysis. They've Absolutely. done the homework and they've developed a response plan. So if and when it happens, whether because of some disruption or whether because they deliberately want to move in that direction, they've already done that kind of analysis. So I think that that's an important point because I think a lot of times we think of optimization purely from the, you know, day-to-day -day operation side and how to leverage it. But I think there's also a role for optimization in this more tactical and strategic and, um, you know, from a, from a risk management, you know, standpoint. Um, you know, so Jim, we're running, you know, short on time here. So I'm just going to go right to my last question here. I mean, as, as a way to wrap up, I mean, so, so what questions should, you know, companies ask themselves, you know, to assess whether transportation optimization is, you know, truly a must-have for them? Sure. So it, it's really a function of, of, of two variables. So the first one would be, you know, volume. One, um, do your users have the ability to manually create one load per order or do any types of, of 
consolidations or strategies that you um, that you have. So it is those are the two variables. So volume and complexity of your supply chain. Um, those are very easy to evaluate because you know it's basically a time study, right? Um, but when when I look at it, almost always I'm saying there's ROI in this. Okay, and one of the you know, and most if there if your customers are evaluating or there's people out there that are evaluating TMS and optimization solutions, one of the things to do is ask for an ROI evaluation. You know, we can take a look at your historical information and say, had you used an optimizer using these basic strategies, you would have saved this amount of money. Oftentimes, almost almost every time I do a study, um, that optimization can fund an entire project um, so yeah and i think you know what's interesting is that this is kind of another you know rule of thumb if you find yourself that you're throwing more and more people at the pro at a problem or at your operations because you just can't um you know they're spending hours and hours doing something you know that that you know ultimately in a lot of cases means the more you need a tms if you don't have one and number two yeah. even if you have a tms but if you don't have optimization you know that you, know, you spoke earlier in terms of being able to automate, you know, and, and build optimization into the workflows and, and automate some of those processes. I think you know if you're having to throw more people at the problem, I think that's another uh, you know red flag. And, and certainly if your if your metrics are all heading in the right direction, and you have no idea how to bring them down. Right, costs keep going up and service levels keep deteriorating, um, and and you've thrown as many bodies as you can at the problem, and you're still not you know going in the right direction. I think that's another you know, clear sign. Well, Jim, like I always say at the end of our episodes, you know, we always manage to scratch the surface on these topics. And this is certainly one of those, you know, meaty topics that we could probably spend hours talking on. But I think you provided some good uh, food for thought and, you know, questions for companies to think about, um, you know, particularly those that aren't using optimization today, whether, you know, they should take a second look at it and, and finally begin that phase two that they, they put off, you know, a, a few years back. So again, thank you for making the time to be with us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I want to thank those of you that joined us. If you're watching this episode on demand, either on the, uh, at the Mercury Gate website or on Talking Logistics, and you've got a question or a comment for Jim, you can post it there, and I'm sure he'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. Again, thank you for joining us, and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day.